This is Rochelle and Carter, your buddies. Hey the Anything But Quiet Time podcast. We're so grateful that you take a time, just a little time set aside for the yeah. podcast. Yeah, maybe you're on a walk. I know we've had uh, people that do that or in the car and you got it, you know, with the uh, the Bluetooth. I hope up. it's one of those podcasts where if you are on a walk or you're exercising, you can actually concentrate because I, I tried to listen to a podcast thing yesterday. And then you started zigzagging? When I was, well, no, I was on a, a machine type thing. So that I, I wouldn't be zigzagging. I would be able to focus. I couldn't focus because I was so sweaty and gross and like, <gasps> oh, yeah, I could barely do anything. One's going to suffer, either the listening or yeah, the, the doing. Yeah. Yeah. It shows how out of shape I really am. It's yeah. like, I can't do both of these. <laughs> and I can't pat my head and rub my tummy at the same time. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. But hopefully, that yeah, this isn't too cerebral. You could just, yeah, sweat and also maybe learn a little something, something. So I wanted to quote uh, theology and I wanted to, I'm just, <laughs> just the, Even that sentence was terrible. I, I, I wanted to, quote. let me uh, quote my favorite theologian. <laughs> we will get in here. I can't think of his name. Who am Charles I thinking Spurgeon. of? Spurgeon. is exactly what I was thinking go. of. Charles Spurgeon once said, hath thou, do thou things thou? Charles H. Spurgeon was not that King James. No, he was not. No, no he was not. not. Yeah. Um, Turn we, of the century, 1900s, right? Yeah, I think that's about right. He lived in the 1900s. I'm pretty sure I lived about that. in the 1900s. <sighs> Ain't that a scary <laughs> sentence? You know, honestly, kid, teachers are seeing this. I know. They're referring to something that happened in the 90s mm-hmm. as back in the 1900s. The yeah. students are actually writing like that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's my, startling. My children do that. <laughs> that's startling. And they say it sounds like it was so long ago. And I... I, I Try to convey to them, I get it. Uh-huh. I said, because when I talk about your grandparents and their birth date, it felt like the same way sure. it must feel to you sure. with me. So, I mean, it's everything's relative. It is. It is. And, they'll, and they'll get theirs. They'll get theirs. But then we also had a really fun conversation that kind of led to what about time with God in terms of how long you know, does it feel to God having to exist alongside humanity? Well, he doesn't exist alongside. He created our timeline and our humanity. He doesn't live within the boundaries of his own time. Yeah. He did through the person of Jesus Christ as a human being. He was God in flesh. But it's, it's hard to even think about. I know it's really hard yeah. to fathom. But so I said like a day could be uh, a thousand years, as it says in Scripture to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This time is relative to him, too. Yeah, that's very true. A uh, lot of great encouragement that we try to give you, um, besides uh, all feeling old. Um, <laughs> and then more encouragement at HopeOnDemand.com. That's where this podcast kind of lives. There's other podcasts there. There's a new one. We just got started. You can study, but it's it's not you can study. It's UKE. It's a ukulele yes. involved in this uh, in this uh, Bible study that uh, she gets to go through. So. Fascinating. My niece has taken up the ukulele. She's quite good, so... She needs to take that to Hawaii. She needs to score a free trip to Hawaii. You think? And uh, I mean, you think only on. people, the only people who play ukulele live in Hawaii. Is that what you're thinking? I played ukulele and I did not, unfortunately. So there you go. You broke your own thought. But I was trying to get that trip to Hawaii, though. <laughs> Seriously. Um, so I got some interesting news this past week. Uh, my my friend, uh, he calls me. And he says, um, when is your son's birthday again? My son Ezra is going to be one. Yeah, there's a party for him. Yeah. A party coming up. That's exactly right. He's going to be one next week. And he goes, okay, all right, doing the math. Uh, yeah, that means that he's going to be a year and a half older than our kid. Wait, what? <laughs> ah, that's great. So this is my friend Jonathan, and we call him JK. And um, him and his wife have struggled with infertility. Oh, 
And this has been years of them trying and then trying different, you know, things, you know, in vitro or whatever else. You hear these stories, but this is like your best friend. Exactly. So it's and, really, and it, it was just out of the blue. different. Yeah. And it was out of the blue. And if I'm honest with you, um, and I think I've, I've told him this, you know, I, I, I'm a little hesitant to share uh, kid things with him, you know, different milestones or different mm -hmm. things, you know, too much, you know, at least. Yeah, you don't want to be insensitive. Exactly. And um, and the fact that um, they I think it was unexpected for them at this certain stage. Yeah. And gosh, you know, so they we um, my wife said we're you know, texted on the day of the appointment mm -hmm. to go, you know, see the do find out the due date and hear the heartbeat and all that. Uh, praying for you guys. Hope the appointment goes well. And the only reply that we get or the first reply that we get was a picture of the sonogram. Of just the little, you know, the, the little mm. figure in there and their last name up on the thing. So, you know, they're, they're already at yeah. the appointment. Oh, it was so cool. That is really cool. We're continuing to pray, obviously, mm -hmm. because of of the situation. Of And he even said, you know, the stats scare me. They really do. That one in eight women, I believe one in eight deal with infertility. And I can't remember if it was just one in four in general or one in four of those uh, deal with miscarriage. Okay. And so he's, I mean, certainly we're, we're still continuing to pray. This is a, a victory and a success and everything, but we're still continuing to pray. And it reminded me of, of a, a story. It's a hard, hard story, but man, the truth in it is so good. And it's one to, to kind of take time with. I wouldn't just uh, try to say this casually in a conversation at coffee. Hey, take heart on this and blah, blah, blah. This, this is a hard truth, but man, was it true. There was a story about a guy that was in the hospital with his, his wife. She was having the baby. Um, full term, everything like that. And he, she had the baby. It was awesome. He thanked God in the moment, right? God, thank you. Thank you for this child. Thank you so much. You are so good. You are so good. Well, a couple minutes later, a few minutes later, all of a sudden the nurses notice something about the baby. And they're like, we need to I think this is serious. I think we, or maybe he just concluded, they won't always tell you necessarily. He concluded, this is serious. We need to take him back here. We need to do some tests. We need to, and man, the anxiety obviously set in, the difficulty in understanding why. I mean, we're celebrating all of a sudden the, the emotional roller coaster to here. And he felt God impress upon him you know that I'm good now too, right? Mm -hmm. Can you tell me that? Yeah. And he was like, no, I can't. I can't. I don't know how to say it. I don't know how to say it. And God just kind of impressed upon him. Just recognize that I'm still good no matter the situation. Now, I think that story had a happy ending. I believe that the baby was okay to, that I remember. Um, but just him learning that lesson. Yeah. In regardless of how hard a or worrisome a situation is, that the the emotional roller coaster may change, but the fact of God being good doesn't. Yeah, I, I when you were telling me that story, I was like waiting for you to say, "And that dad was me." <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. I do remember you having some challenges with Ezra at the very beginning when your little one year old was born. Yeah, there was some some issues, but not, nothing major, but certainly some issues. Yeah. But at the same time, it doesn't even matter if it's quote major. You, you, oh, it was worrisome. Any little thing. That the doctor may feel is routine. It's new to you because you're a new parent. Yeah. And so you yeah. were really challenged with having to release that. And I remember it was a song from. Yeah, Carrie Job. Yeah, the blessing mm -hmm. song that just reminded you um, 
there's a blessing over your life and over your children, right? No matter where they are. Yeah. You know, I, I'm praying that JK and, and Madison, that everything's going to go well. And uh, my, I shared a couple podcasts ago, I think it was my brother and his wife have a little one now in heaven mm-hmm. because they miscarry the baby. And, and clearly we want to have a relationship with our children here on this planet as long as we can. And it's so hard to look at it from the perspective of that dad that was challenged by God to say, but can you still say I'm good mm-hmm. regardless of outcome here? Yeah. You know, and it was uh, Rich Mullins who challenged our thinking with saying instead of why was my son or daughter taken from me? such a young age we should be grateful for the moments of joy that we did have with them it's it's just kind of a trying to flip that perspective flip the perspective it's so easy to say and super difficult to do well nobody understands it i mean we can all just admit that nobody oh, understands why what was the point of this yeah uh and my father we were sharing about um a friend of ours who had passed away from cancer my dad is recently uh, been blessed with the news. He's cancer free. He's so excited. Yeah. And he said, but then I'll turn around the next day. And a dear friend of mine, who's like one of the best people on the planet, you know, is being allowed to go through such a difficult experience right now with his wife and why, the, mm. why that is being allowed. He said, is not for me maybe to ever understand, but I do mm. know that I, I trust in him. I have trusted him in the past. I've been able to trust him. I've seen the moments where I didn't understand what was going on. And then once I got through the circumstances, I saw, oh, that's how God was working. So I have to kind of look back at those experiences, like uh, what they call Ebenezer's, Mm -hmm. uh, the reminders, the stones set up that would remind the people, hey, do you remember when God dot, 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 you know, set up those moments in your life so that you can look back when you're going through difficult you know, journeys and roads and say, no, I remember I could count on him then. So I know I can still do it now, even while I'm dealing with whatever I'm dealing with. Uh, All we know is that it's for the glory of God. And Jesus says that in uh, Mark with the blind man. I don't remember where, but it's the, the, you know, and they said, Jesus, why is this man born this way? Is Is it for because of his sin or his parents sin? And he said, no. It's because it's for the glory of God. Well, spoiler alert, you're about to share a story that also is the same. It's the same thing that he says. So he does say that. He there. says it at the very end of the story. Yeah, this well, is the end of the encounter with the family who's frustrated. Yeah. Yeah. And, and heartbroken. Yeah. Right. And so what I've been it just tied in so well with what I read yesterday with what my friends, um, you know, are, are just concerned about. Yeah. And he even it dealt with in the passages with the infertility issue um, when we don't understand. And John 11, Jesus, it's the story of Lazarus. So Jesus' friend, Lazarus, in this community of friends here and the followers of Jesus, uh, Jesus is is not in the same town that where Lazarus is sick, and he gets word that Lazarus is, is going to die. Doesn't really, he doesn't change his uh, schedule, certainly. Mm-hmm. He doesn't go back instantly. And then he gets word that Lazarus does die. And even then, he waits mm-hmm. some more time. And this dude's been in the grave now four days by the time that Jesus shows up. And, you know, people, you know, obviously tell him, Lord, if you would have been here earlier. But I think what was fascinating is this. Jesus didn't cry when he heard that uh, Lazarus was going to die. Mm -hmm. He didn't cry when Lazarus did die. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until he's taken to the grave with all of Lazarus's friends and family. And he sees the, even in the New Living Translation of the Bible, it's described as wailing. Um, Some of them are paid wailers. That's interesting, isn't it? To go into that. The community 
the Jewish community, especially if they didn't have a large enough gathering of people, oh. I think. I think maybe that might have been the case or maybe everybody just did it. But yeah, you could pay people to come and mourn loudly and wail. Wow. Isn't that unusual? Yeah. So that I would. It's an unusual. (laughs) I can't imagine that at a funeral nowadays. To show the 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 loss, the grief. Sure. You know, this is that much more pronounced. It's interesting. So, yeah, the New Living Translation may get that even more accurate than with wailing. Uh, ESV says weeping. And this is John eleven thirty three. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. In one translation, I think it is New Living Translation, even says there was an anger in him. And so it's, it's very interesting to see the emotions of Jesus here. Death didn't bother him, but it was when he saw the brokenness of people. And then he says, where have you laid him? They said, Lord, come and see. And then Jesus wept. Mm-hmm. It's the verse that everybody can memorize, yeah. right? It's yeah. that just those two, two words. words. Yeah. Um, and so it is fascinating to me that the circumstances don't bother God. Yeah, Death didn't bother. <laughs> that was not an issue. But being here on earth... And being in the midst of the brokenness and the compassion for the people there. And, you know, I've heard people kind of, what were the tears? What was the motivation behind the tears for Jesus? Was it strictly compassion uh, because of the pain? Was it was it compassion because, man, these people are just broken and they don't see that the future is is eternal life? I had a friend who once thought, well, what if he was weeping over the fact that Lazarus would be taken out of the presence of that, God? That is an interesting thing, too. But even then, it would still be an empathizing yeah. with his friend Lazarus, even if it's not empathizing with his family. He's empathizing one way or the other. Yeah, he is. So knowing that Jesus has compassion in the story, yeah. in the circumstances— He's not afraid, but he has empathy and compassion in it. He's moved by your emotion. Yeah. Yeah. He's not, it doesn't change him yeah. per se. Yeah. yeah. Like he, he knew what was happening when he witnessed it. He experienced what was happening. So it wasn't like I'm going to change up my mind now per se, you know. It's, but his spirit, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. He, yeah. I just, I love that about him because don't. When when I see somebody tear up when I'm tearing up, I am blessed by that. I don't hmm. know why. It's not because I want you to suffer, but sure. because you un, you are understanding yeah. and, and feeling what I'm feeling. And that means something so great when somebody can sit with you and And it's the creator of the universe. It's our God. It's a beautiful and I, I it's amazing because Bethany is where they, they live. That is the place that Jesus went. Before going to Jerusalem, before his his journey to the cross, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's where he'd go back. I almost feel like, uh, you know, that was a place where he would visit often. We knew that they were very good friends, Mary, Martha, Lazarus, brothers and sisters, mm-hmm. brother and sisters, I should say. And so that was a, I think he felt at home there, a place you could kind of chill, yeah. your feet up. Certainly. And so if he had that kind of relationship, that's why he felt so deeply. I mean, Mary didn't even want to come see him. This is the lady that is credited for, for, for getting a hard time given to her by her older sister. Martha's like, right. hey, right. Yeah. I'm doing all the kitchen duty. Where are you? So Mary, Mary didn't want to come see Jesus. She was so mad. You knew he was sick. You knew. We mm. told you. Why didn't you come was her question. Why didn't you come? Martha was the same way, but she actually went out and met Jesus. Why didn't you come? 
you know, Mary's, she lagged a little bit behind. <laughs> and then, and then you're right. He, he goes on to say there at the, uh, as the yeah. end of the chapter, um, uh, let's see, father, thank you. Well, yeah. Yeah. This is, this is prayer. Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around that they may believe that you sent me. Yeah. And then he said, Lazarus come out. Um, I do, I yeah. do wonder like, you know, especially if there's no timeline, mm-hmm. you know, was Lazarus playing PlayStation and air conditioning, eating Cheetos in heaven? And they're like, hey, we're going to need you back. Uh, what? Is that your idea of heaven? Is that what you just well, described Well, I'm just there? saying there's some perks there, right? <laughs> there's some perks that he he escaped the time continuum, so he got to experience things we probably have now. So maybe. I'm just, I'm may, I'm just, just saying maybe. That's that's me, okay? You're heaven spitballing. No, that's just, just like, this could be a thing. This is a Bible commentary, okay? <laughs> Keyword commentary. Yeah, yeah, he was challenging Moses to some sort of Madden game. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? Okay. That's exactly okay. right. Yeah. Lazarus, yeah. what do you want? But yeah, he'd been in there for days and it would have smelled. And that was something else Martha was concerned about. You know, Lord, don't have to move the stone. What are you doing? <laughs> uh, then, yeah. do, again, do you not know me by now is what I'm thinking he's thinking. I bet I bet you're right, but they haven't seen but they, they had not seen anything seen like that. And so here is the very place he would go visit before he has his own resurrection. Isn't that amazing? Um Bethany. But yeah, that that's a beautiful story and for his own for God's glory. And that's something we have to just hang the hat there, don't we? What if what if we don't get the quote resurrection story not on this side of things? You know, I think we are mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was thinking about this this morning. Um this is the dry run. <laughs> this is the okay, sure. The, no, this is the test drive. Yeah, yeah. This is the test drive, and literally, uh, we just got to get in the back seat while Jesus takes the wheel. If we're gonna use a metaphor, let's just go all in, right? That is this life. Yeah, because the real life is coming. The one that God is like all things. Like now, you see through a glass darkly. That scripture, I love. You know, I love me some First Corinthians 13, that scripture that comes at the very end that describes love. Now I see through a glass darkly. I only get a piece of what it, we're going to be seeing. We're going to a glimpse. Mm-hmm. We'll have the whole landscape out in front of us mm-hmm. after this life. So, Lord, help me remember it's just a piece right now. And I can trust you with that piece. I'm going to stay in the back seat, not going to be backseat driver. You keep taking the wheel. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, getting a postcard from Hawaii or being there. And you believe you're that back ha- to Hawaii. You believe with that. The ukulele. How about that? You believe the Hawaii <laughs> exists, and you have uh, trust and hope that you'll be there one day. But all you're yeah. seeing right now is a postcard. You know, yeah. it leads into going into the Book of Proverbs, which is what I've started doing. Um, the Book of Proverbs is one of the wisdom books. There are three considered wisdom books: Ecclesiastes, uh, Job. Job is the big one, which we just talked about a couple podcasts ago, I think, and then. This one from Proverbs, that that one's the easy one. When I when you think wisdom books, oh yeah, because you're it's it's very simple, formulaic. Yeah. You know, a single verse is one liners. Yeah, one liners. Yeah, train up a child and where they should go, and they will not depart from it when they grow old. Mm-hmm. And then there's the one that I loved when I was a kid because it talks about vomit and dogs. Oh and yeah, it's yeah, a fool returns to his folly, a dog yeah. returns to its vomit. It's the same thing. I, I think modern that still applies modern day but i think even more modern day a baby returns to his spit up when he's crawling around oh 
That's I'm just saying I'm living that right but now. But he just he just crawls through it is the difference. Well, he kind of makes art with it. <laughs> if I'm being honest. Oh, let yeah. me erase that yeah. from my memory. <laughs> but the proverbs are not promises. Uh and I I guess I did not know that before this year. I always looked at proverbs, well, uh this is this is God's word. It's the you look at the Bible, it's called the inherent word of God. It's mm-hmm. it doesn't err. Mm-hmm. So yeah. That means these are promises, right? No, these are probabilities in the Proverbs. In fact, so what what does that mean? It's like more than likely you will reap what you sow. Yeah. But then when we talked about Job's story, here is a righteous man. God himself said so. Then why is he reaping things he did not sow? It's kind of like working out. You eat healthy and exercise, chances are you'll lose weight. Yeah. But sometimes medical conditions or circumstances uh, don't allow it. You think about the verse training up a child in the way that they should go. I have quoted that. I have prayed that in scripture. And we should. Oh, you yeah. Continue to train up your children the way sh- they should go and praying for the outcome to be that, that when they are older, they will not depart because your prayers matter to God. Yeah. It doesn't mean, oh, well, well just throw it out there in the wind and it's just going to be what it is. God hears us. He sustains us. He loves us. He weeps over us. You you shared a verse with me, I'll never forget, from Zephaniah where God sings over us. Yeah, 317 in Zephaniah. Yeah. So there are times where God will allow us to reap what we did not sow, like mm-hmm. the instance of Job, and we have to trust him. Yeah which is what we're talking about, you know, and um, and and believing that, okay, Lazarus maybe won't in your life get raised from the dead, but we have to believe that there is another redeeming quality or something else redemptive to the story that will honor and glorify God because that's essentially what Jesus was sharing through his prayer there. It's This is, this is a bigger purpose than what can be seen presently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and you need to trust me with it, whatever it is. And so in Proverbs, it's giving you all of these little wisdom sayings and wisdom being uh, not more less about just knowledge, but more about application. Yeah. OK, well, there's a difference in knowledge and wisdom. Right. Right. So, I mean, it, yeah, you can be a wise guy where you know everything. You're uh-huh. the know-it-all. Nobody likes that guy, by yeah. the way. Is it book, start, book smarts or street smarts? You know what I mean? How yeah. do you apply the knowledge that you have? And and so yes. we know the scripture of God to be true, but I'm not going to go up to coworker and go, you better go to church someday or you're going to ruin your life. <laughs> like that's not wise for me to take that approach. Yeah. So there's this, there's this incredible, in fact, I like how, the book of Proverbs, it'll give you the little nuggets of wisdom, like in the in the dead center of the book. So it's not all like one liners. There are chapters in there that are devoted to like lady wisdom is talked about in Proverbs eight. And it's so wisdom itself is personified by this this lady wisdom who says, you know, I was there from the beginning when God created the world. I was there and I and it was like he used this wisdom. He applied this Ability and it's almost like um, observed as like a craftsman. So yeah, here God is hanging the cosmos. He's dividing water from land. He's doing it in a what is described in scriptures the way that people understood it. Like they believed that the foundations of the earth, like there were pillars and such underneath, because well, that's how they constructed 
things, how they made large buildings and such. So, well, this must be the way God did it. You know, they would use a term or a phrase and people would understand. Yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, another instance is like uh, the sky was held up like a, a by pillars as well. Or a, what was it? Like the rain was held back like a like a giant bowl. It was, oh, yeah. It, it's unusual. But right. anyway, um, but wisdom is what God is using his abilities, his craftsmanship, his abilities to carve all these things, to do it so perfectly. And then he invites us into wisdom with him. That lady wisdom is something that now I can be a part of, have this partnership with God and say, I join with you. And I think that's what he wanted. It is what he wanted from the beginning. We read that in the beginning of Genesis. That's what he wanted with Adam and Eve. I want to partner with them. Here is my wisdom. You do not need to eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil because you, your baby steps, babies. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. going to give to you. Can you trust me? You can eat of any other tree in the garden, but not this one, because this one, this is not going to reveal the things that you need to know when you need to know and how you need to know. And it's going to corrupt knowledge. Yeah, it's very interesting. It's not, yeah. Well, there's a there's a certainly a free will. Obviously, that's the big question. Yeah. Why? Why was that even a possibility? But I think there's a free will so that we can choose dependence on God. Well, that's one reason. I, I, I think the Lord wants to continue to reveal those things to us. But just like I would rather my child come to me of his own free will right. than to be forced. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, so I look at it from just that you know, very earthly stance. But our God created us to partner with us and we robbed him of the opportunity by choosing. And I still do this to this day. Mm -hmm. If I'm honest, I will remove him from his very deserved number one spot in my life and replace it with what I think. Yeah. What I, well, I think this, well, I think that, well, no, 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 no. What does God think? Do I align with that? We talked about that last week, but his wisdom, his skill, his craftsmanship, his, it's his handiwork. We are his handiwork. Mm -hmm. So, uh, anyway, so in delving into this wisdom, it's it's fascinating. I was reading one this morning. It talked about um, when you stop learning. It's, it's foolish behavior when you stop learning. And then when you choose to stop learning, you forget everything you were ever taught before that. Mm. I read that. I thought that was they're very humbling. Oh, yeah. Sometimes when you read the Proverbs, you're like, well, this is just common sense. Exactly. And it says that over and over again, common sense is a blessing. You know, these types of things that just, well, yeah, you should do this because it's the right thing. And a fool does that. And a fool wants you to lead you down the wrong path. And, hey, do you want an argument to stop? It's like a, a leaky, a water leak. An argument is like a water leak. The more you pick at somebody, the worse it's going to get. I mean, just yeah. real simple. I wonder. We always say like, you know, here's where to start. If you're talking to somebody that's kind of interested, maybe kind, maybe like spiritual, but not super religious or like yeah. whatever, um, like tell them where to start in the Bible if they're willing to read it. You know, a lot of people say the book of John. A lot of people sure. say Genesis, you know, the beginning. I would say Revelation. I always give them a challenge. Um, <laughs> not kidding. But uh, maybe, maybe Proverbs might be an interesting. Proverbs if, is great. If people appreciate common sense sure. and there are spirituality this is this is advice to help you with life. It's and practical. Perhaps they can take this practic- practicality and then go, well, what else is in here? What 
else. I don't know. That, that might be. I, that's just kind of a thought. Yeah, depending on the person that you're talking to. If sure. they're a, a dramatic type of person, maybe they start with the Psalms. Because <laughs> there's a lot of passion If they're in analytical, there. you go to Proverbs. You know, the, you know? <laughs> those things, are, they were written for choir. A lot of them were just for the choir. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, Proverbs, very practical for the analytical mind, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Um, put some common sense. A lot of folks, if they're like, well, what is that? I mean, like Chinese Proverbs, you could say, yes, very similar to what you may discover after eating your Chinese dish. They're, they're, in bring the same, you the cookies. they're written in the same style, but I'm going to believe this one. And they, yeah. of course, I think some fortune cookies have gotten lazy. <laughs> I think it's just like for, for you know, you come ever, back. wise men come back next time. And, and then just, there's that. It's like, what? You read the back of it. And I Instead of reading the fortune itself, and then it's just the numbers. And you're like, <laughs> I don't even know what that is. Those are the lucky numbers. I don't know what that That's, is. That doesn't anyway, apply to me at all. But one of the uh, amazing things about, you know, we talk about Lady, Lady Wisdom earlier in the book of Proverbs, at the very end of Proverbs, the very famous Proverbs 31 woman mm-hmm. chapter. And it's written about a lady of wisdom, not Lady Wisdom herself per se, but a lady who has gone, I'm going to take all the things that are practical and everything that is... Um, you know, this character attribute of God, because this is where it comes from. True wisdom. Knowledge is one thing. Knowledge is great. But I think the wisdom is the application of smarts part that this is who God is. Mm-hmm. And he just is. He just is right. He has all of these incredible qualities through Jesus. I have access to this wisdom through his spirit. Now I can have the mindset of God because of Jesus, which that would have blown King Solomon away. I mean, King Solomon, who is credited with many of the Proverbs, but yeah, the one thing that he asks for from God is wisdom. And here we have access to the keys of the kingdom, really, you know, yeah. because of Jesus. And I don't have to to pray this bold, God will only answer one prayer request prayer, which is kind of what I used to think when I hear the story of King Solomon. You could only ask one prayer. Of course, Solomon continued to pray, I'm sure, throughout his life. Yeah. But God, you know, whatever you want, I'll give it to you. It was a big deal. And then he was really pleased with the way Solomon answered. That's fantastic. Jesus tells us to ask, seek, and knock. Then he tells us we have access to love, joy, peace, patience. Like, why am I holding back? On all this stuff. And so the wisdom, the insight that comes in the book of Proverbs, this is something that he has given us full access to with and and others as well who don't know the Lord, because like we've talked about, it's common sense. But how do I continue to apply it even when I'm met with devastation, even when I'm that dad who's given bad news in the nursery room? Mm-hmm. Um, how do I do that? It, that? I think is through the Holy Spirit. It is is when we choose to partner with God. And put that common sense, that knowledge into practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good way to say it. So I want to make one observation on something that you you said, because this applies to me with um, with Lady Wisdom. If if I heard somebody say before this podcast, yeah, um, you know, I, I just believe in Lady Wisdom. <laughs> I would, I would, what kind of new age weirdo <laughs> stuff And then they're like, you? it's in Proverbs. And then like, I would what? be like, well, and you said something at the beginning of this about Proverbs of not realizing until this year yeah. that they weren't promises, promises. They were, they were wisdom. They were not guarantees. Probabilities. They were probabilities. And that is just, I, as we end this podcast, I think that is a great lesson for all of us. That is, that is each one thing associated with just the Proverbs alone. Mm. We didn't learn until this year slash 
a few minutes ago. <laughs> and we're yeah. always continuing to, to learn. learn. And like you said earlier this morning, right. we've never arrived. And it's you you get intimidated by some Bible knowing people. They don't know everything. Don't be. We talked about that in Job, right? They're still uncovering what some of the Hebrew texts, well, they had nothing to compare it to. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's the amazing part about God. He is this infinite cup of water that we will never be able to drink fully. It's never ending. It's just. The so living keep water. on drinking. There you go. There you, well, there you go. That's that's an interesting line to water. end the podcast. That's exactly right. We'll see you next week. 